0: On today's episode of Kick Some Glass, how a brag book can keep you from missing out on your dream job. France is getting serious about pay parity, and Melissa helps a listener resign from her job with class. I'm fantastic, Tammy. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. My Indeed. um, yeah, my two-year-old niece is uh was sick and couldn't go to daycare, so she's at she's at the house today. So if you hear any <laughs> like screeches or, or anything, that's if that's what it is. So um, she's being fairly quiet right now, so I'm hoping she stays that way for at least you know like the last next thirty minutes or so. Oh yeah. No kids, kids are funny. I must say. (laughs) Oh, I know. She's so, she's freaking hilarious. Like she's very, um, she's very independent. She wants to do everything herself, which is really, it's, she's really cute. I like it. She's like fierce for two, I think. (laughs) <laughs> oh no my
1: friend my friend has a little girl she's turning two in july and i must say oh my gosh she she is fierce she's independent she loves to feed the dog but i mean feeding the dog usually ends up throwing dog food down the stairs
0: to her. but uh, <laughs> so, hey whatever makes her happy <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i just i just love like, it that like she's like i don't want your help <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> good for you oh. <laughs>
1: Oh, my. Strong, independent women.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. In the making.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: So what has been going on with you? You've been really busy, I think, over the last week or so.
1: Yeah, no, I have been. And um, as I mentioned in the last podcast, I'm really involved with the PC Party in Newfoundland and Labrador. So we have our upcoming AGM Leadership Convention. Uh, It starts this Friday, and our new leader will be announced on Saturday evening around 6 o'clock. So I've been working with a leadership candidate for the past year. That's Mr. Chess Crosby. So uh, I'm eager to hear the results on Saturday, but obviously there's a lot of prep and a lot of of work to put in before Saturday night happens. And I also have my own campaign running right now. Um, I'm going to be running for um, YPC, so Young Progressive Conservative Association President at uh, the upcoming AGM. So, you know, I'm getting my own campaign in order and getting my endorsements, getting my uh, nominees and everything in order there now. So, yeah, it's a busy weekend coming up for sure. But, uh, but I love it, I must say.
0: Oh, my goodness. So this also both happen on Saturday or like when will you yeah. know about you?
1: Um, I'll know about me probably around like 2.30, 3 o'clock on Saturday. And then we'll know about uh, the leadership candidates or the actual leader of the party. We'll probably know around 6, 6.30, depending on how the voting goes on Saturday night. Oh, my goodness. That's so exciting. I know. Exciting times in
0: the Newfoundland and Labrador political scene, the NL Poly scene. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. So is this the first time you run for something like this? No, it hasn't. So I'm actually president of uh, PC PCMUN right now. So that's the campus
1: association uh, for the PC Party in Newfoundland and Labrador. So uh, I'm graduating from MUN in May, so obviously I can I can no longer serve in that position. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to take the jump to YPC now. I previously served on the YPC executive as a director. So uh, I'm really familiar with the whole executive and the whole constitution of the of the organization. So, yeah, I think I have a lot to bring to the table.
0: Oh, good. So you should be yeah. like shoo-in right
1: (laughs) who knows there could be someone who comes out of the woodwork there's a lot of there's a lot of young people involved with the party so I guess we'll see
0: oh awesome oh you're you're putting (laughs) you're so putting me to shame like over the last week what did I do uh (laughs) nothing compared to that (laughs) yeah I I ate cake that's what I did
1: There's nothing wrong with eating cake. We all need a cake week every now and then.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I really, it's so, I'm sure there's, well, obviously, I'm going to message you and see how things go on Saturday. Um, Is there a way to, like, follow it online or... Um, Yeah, so I'll be live-tweeting the event for the most part,
1: and uh, the leadership candidates will be tweeting and putting up Facebook posts and stuff like that. And the PC party, I would think that they'll be having some sort of Facebook live feed or something like that, Um, but... Um, if anybody's interested, you can follow my personal Twitter at Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S, Blackmore, B-L-A-C-K-M-O-R-E, and I'll be putting out some uh, personal updates from from that way, and you'll be able to see all the all the stuff that the PC Party is tweeting as well, because I'll be retweeting that.
0: Oh, cool. Yes. So, yep. yeah, everybody follow Melissa. So, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to hear now how things will go on Saturday. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I'm. I'm whole, I hope it goes in my favor, and I hope it goes in Chester's favor as well. But hey, we're all. Uh, we're all in it for the betterment of the party. That's for
0: sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Now I. Yeah. Now I don't want to talk about my week at all.
1: I want to hear about your week? Come on. Oh my goodness. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, my birthday was on Monday. Um <laughs> woo, Happy And uh, what? I said happy belated. Oh, yes, thank you. Um, it was pretty it was a pretty low-key birthday, which was nice. It was just um, you know, hanging out with my my parents and my sister and my niece and my nephew and that was really that was really cute. I was like the highlight basically of my birthday was my 2-year-old niece coming up to me and saying, "Tammy, read me stories." And like, yes. Aww, <laughs> just like melted my heart. Yes, I know. And where I had been like you know living in south america for a while and then i was in like ontario for 5 years before that i ha- i haven't had family around for my birthday before like in a long time so um oh, yeah. so yeah so it was really it was really nice um and uh on my birthday happens also to, also to be shakespeare's birthday um oh Yes, I'm very proud of that for no reason. It was just luck, right? That I was born on Shakespeare's birthday. But um and it was also World Book Day. So um I actually did a like a giveaway with this author that I had collaborated collaborated with in January. I think we she got a whole bunch of like life coaches and career coaches together to do this this book, this Book of essays, basically on women's empowerment. So I ran a giveaway with with her for her book on World Book Day and on my birthday. So that was kind of nice too. Um, the book has a really long title. In case anyone wants to check it out on Amazon, it's "Being Me: The Art, Science, and Everything in Between of Empowerment for Girls with a Dream and Women with a Vision." So I think I'll put that in the show notes along with Melissa's um, Twitter handle, so you can that might be a little easier for people. Um, yeah. And, uh, I also, when I moved back from, when I moved back to Canada from South America, I bought, well, I'm going to say a new car, but it's like a 2003. So it's an old car, but a new to <laughs> new me. <car>. To <laughs> yes. Cause I sold, like I sold everything before we moved to South America. Um, and, uh, it's fine. Like it's a really good car. Everything's working fine. But then I found out, um, by accident that the power windows don't actually work. The windows go down, but they don't go back up again. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. So I learned this like last weekend, I was going to meet a friend for a beer in Halifax and I had to cross the bridge and roll down my window to like throw the, my loony and for the toll to get across the bridge. And then I realized like the window wouldn't go back up. I was like, oh Oh, no. no. So I got, I got my dad to help me. We literally like took the door apart to like get inside the door to get the window, to get it back up. And then I was like, okay, good. So the window's up. I'm just not going to use the windows. I'm just going to leave them like up until like I get around to getting these fixed. And then yesterday I ran to the store and I decided, oh, I should take my dog for a little drive. So I let him hang out in the back seat, and what did he do? He jumped up on the door and pushed the windows down. I was no, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, I like. It didn't even. It didn't even occur to me that if he jumped up on the handle, like his paw would push the power window thing and the window went down and I'm like oh my goodness
1: yeah, <laughs> anyway so I found the door
0: apart all over again <laughs> uh, yeah exactly but now I like I figured out where the window lock button is so now the windows are locked and <laughs> until I can get it fixed properly <laughs> it was like... oh my oh my goodness yeah and I'm not like I'm just so I'm so not mechanically inclined that way like I have no sweet clue when it comes to, like, I, like, fix, like, the car, like, no. (laughs) I can put IKEA furniture together, no problem, but with the car, like, the mechanical electronics kind of stuff, I'm like, nope, nope. (laughs) I tap out. I'll hire a professional for that stuff. Oh, yeah, no, as you would. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, so that that was my week. and not nearly as exciting or as accomplished as, as your week for sure. Hey, but we can't all have productive weeks, that's for sure. I guess, I guess. (laughs) I'll have to work work harder next week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'll be in Mexico next week, so next week I won't have a productive week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be your turn to run a a political
0: campaign, and my turn to go sit on the beach,
1: eat some cake, and drink (laughs) some drinks. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm not sure like what I could run for in a week, like what kind of campaign I could launch in a week, but I look forward to your stories from Mexico. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope I make it back in one piece. Yes. <laughs> well, it just, I hope you make it back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, all right. So I guess like, should we get down to business and move on to the first real segment? Yeah, enough about us. Let's move on to our first segment. Yes, sounds good. Um, Okay, so this week, um, I thought we should talk about brag books, um, mostly because um, this past week, so I had three clients come to me. All of them were approached by a recruiter. Who like found them on LinkedIn? These people hadn't applied for a job. A recruiter just reached out to them and said, "I think you might be interested in this opportunity that I have with a client that I'm representing." You know, and it was a really great job that they were presented with. So only one of the three had a resume that was remotely up to date. There two of, two of the candidates who came to me like their resume like didn't have like their most recent position or even their last position on there. They had like no information. They had no like like, completely unprepared for an opportunity that came up. So I thought that it would be a good thing to talk about how a brag book can help you stay ready for anything that sort of comes your way. And you don't necessarily, I guess, need to be updating your resume like every month or something, but if you at least are tracking what you're doing at work in some way, when something like this comes up, it makes it a lot easier to sort of add that to your resume and be ready. Um, so, like these clients that that had nothing ready, they didn't have anything tracked, um, and we were trying to, you know, I was trying to in the consultation talk to them and try and, you know, bring up some things that they have done in the past or bring up some of the accomplishments that we could highlight for this new opportunity. And it was a real struggle for them because they're like, they're trying to think back and they're like, Oh, I can't remember. I know there were things that I did that I'd like to talk about, but I can't like recall them right now. And when you are kind of under that time crunch, right. Cause these recruiters needed their resume, like within a few days. And when you're under that kind of time crunch, that stress can make it even harder for you to remember or to get things in order. Um, so it's, You know, you can kind of save yourself that pain and you don't know when someone, especially with LinkedIn, you have no idea when you could be approached for what is essentially your dream job. So you want to be able to at least get your resume together somewhat quickly and you can do that if you're keeping this brag book. So I do I do a lot of coaching around brag books because of this very reason with, with some of my clients and I, and I do I did write a blog post about this a while ago um, but I thought it it was worth reviewing um so basically a brag book it's just anything any common place one you know one single place where you can compile everything that you do at work um Anything that you have done at work that adds value, anything that you've changed, any project, any, um, anytime you get positive feedback or a review or like anything at all that sort of makes you feel like you've done a good job or anything at all that you've done where you're like, that had a positive impact on my department or my organization, Um, Anything like that is what you want to be documenting in this bread book. So some of the reasons that I feel that this is so important, and it's not just so that you're ready for these unexpected opportunities from recruiters, but I notice that when people are tracking their accomplishments, when they're paying attention to the good things that they're doing... Uh, they tend to feel better about themselves. They tend to feel more confident about their capabilities. Um, and also it makes those bad days not so bad because you, you know, you have amassed all of these good things in the past and you'll have all of this positive work experience basically to rely on. And it's really important. And I find this is especially important for women that we, we feel confident and competent about the job we're doing at work. Um, it just makes you perform better, uh, makes you more visible in a more positive way, just if you're exuding that confidence at work. It really helps your sort of at work, in-person brand. And then, of course, the more that you sort of focus on what you've done well, um, the more that you are looking out for how you're adding value, and adding impact, uh, the more you sort of notice those wins, the more wins you will naturally create. It's sort of like this snowball effect. And I know that might sound really like hippy dippy to some people, but it really, um, you know, you're sort of manifesting all of this good stuff happening at work just by paying attention to the good stuff that happens at work. Um, There is there is actual science behind it, right? Like it's the same It's the same sort of um, theory as like gratitude, right? The more that you appreciate or um, actively look to be grateful for things, the more grateful and happy you will naturally feel. So it's sort of that thing. And then most tangible and practical of all is just these brag books are like a file or a document full of hard evidence that you can use to advance your career and no matter what that is. So it could be the unexpected opportunity that comes from a recruiter on LinkedIn. Um, then you have this hard evidence to put into your resume to really sell yourself for that opportunity. Uh, it could be a promotion at work that you want. You have this hard evidence to go to your boss with. Or, of course, like salary negotiations, um, either for a new job or if you're asking for a raise, it, having that evidence of showing like, listen, here's everything I did here. Like you can see it's documented here. Here's the value I add to this organization. That's going to make your case for a raise that much stronger instead of just going in and saying, you know, I've worked here so long and I think I deserve more money. Um, just having that hard ev- evidence of the accomplishments and the value you bring really will strengthen that argument and make it a lot more compelling. Um, and uh, oh, and also for performance reviews, um, you know, you you know that those come up every year or every six months. And instead of trying to sit down and struggle for hours trying to remember everything that you've done over the past year, um, just all you'll have to do is open your brag book, and your performance review will be done in like thirty minutes. Um, so you just it's all about making your life easier. And I know one thing that I do personally. um, I keep a broad book, um, and I try to do it on Fridays. I try to look back at my week and do it every Friday, just document a few things that went really well or that I'm really particularly proud of for that week. And it just makes going into the weekend like that much more fun. I just feel like I had a good I had a good week at work when I I leave when I sort of leave my office with just thinking of the positive or just documenting the positive. Um, So that's what I would recommend every Friday. Or if you don't want to do it weekly, at least do it once a month, just because if you let it go too much longer, you're going to forget some really critical things that could make the difference on your resume or in your performance review or when you're looking for a promotion. Um, So just really set yourself up for success by, by documenting these wins. So that's all I have to say about brag books. <laughs> anything, to, anything to add, Melissa? Uh, no, not really. I mean,
1: I keep a brag book. And um, I must say, like, it's one of, one of my favorite things. Um, again, it's so, so, so crucial uh, for keeping your resume up to date. And, like, for any, like, professional designations that you're going for, that's originally why I started taking it, because I am working towards my CPHR. So I need that hard evidence that I did analytical human resource tests in my previous jobs. So again, just having that documentation there and having the proof that this is what you did. It's so, so, so key, whether it be for a job hunt, whether it be for schooling and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing is like, you never know when you're going to need that information and it's just so much better to be prepared, right? It's like, Um, it's like trying to file your taxes without any receipts or without your T4. Like you, like you need that, you need that information. And, and a lot of times in your career, you don't necessarily know when you will, but you will at some point you're going to need it. It's good. Yeah. It's good to have it at your fingertips and good to have it at hand. Okay, so that is, that's it for the brag book in our, in our career tips section. We're going to go to segment two and talk about some news. Uh, Okay, so Melissa, this is kind of like, this is a little bit old news. I sort of... um, went back a little bit in time, but I really like this story. So back on uh, March 8th, International Women's Day, France uh, enacted legislation that is going to make it a lot harder for companies to pay women less than men. So they actually had a law in place um, that required equal pay for equal work. And I think the law was put in place like 45 years ago but there was no consequence. Like there was no way to keep companies accountable. It was sort of like a toothless law. It was in place, but it really didn't do anything. So because there was still a pay um, pay parity problem where women were still being paid. And I think in France, um, I think it was about, it was somewhere between seven and 9%. So the pay parity, the Wage gap was actually a little smaller than it is in the states, um, but so the the government said, okay, no, enough of this. We really need to hold companies accountable. So what they're requiring companies to do is install software that is going to monitor the compensation that companies are giving to employees, and that way they can run like data analytics on this um, on the pay that the companies are. Are giving their employees and they can analyze the data to see if there are any major pay discrepancies. So if they can um, detect that there is systemic, uh, a systemic problem with the company paying women less than men, then the government is going to fine them. Um, And I think the, I think it's 1%. uh, Yes. So they can fine the company 1% of the firm's total wage bill so i just thought this was a unique way to sort of go about this go about this problem it's a unique way to really hold companies accountable because it's one thing just to say hey you can't pay women less than men it's a whole other thing for companies to actually have to back it up that they are paying men and women equal for equal work
1: yeah i know the accountability piece is key there um I just lost my train of thought, sorry. <laughs> uh, <Okay. laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's so important to hold employers accountable. And again, like you said, like, it's so easy to say, like, oh, yeah, no, we we pay, we have equal pay, we have pay parity, and all that stuff. But I mean, like, you need the hard evidence to back it up. And I mean, if the pay parity isn't there, then employers do, in fact, they do need to pay for it. There needs to be real repercussions there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or there's no... Uh, clearly, like there needs to be because for the last 45 years, right, like the law has been there and they still had a wage gap. So um, clearly there needs to be more of an incentive, more of a uh, yeah, more of an accountability or a punishment, really, I guess, for for not paying their employees equally. I'm just I'm really it's going to be interesting to see because I know they're rolling they're going to be rolling this out like in pieces. I think they're starting with the larger companies and they're eventually going to get down to companies with as few as 50 employees. So I'm kind of interested to see how this actually works works out and um and just to see if they actually detect any discrepancy. Well obviously I would think they would if there is a wage gap that exists now that they're that they would find that there are some discrepancies um but it'll be interesting to see how the system works like i'm wondering if companies will get a chance to sort of justify it like if the government says uh yeah so we've noticed that you you know systematically pay women less like i'm wondering if the companies can come come back and say well actually that's because you know xyz and, and sort of justify their way through it so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it actually plays out but i i think this is something that if it, if it works, it would be nice to see this sort of duplicated elsewhere in the world. Yeah, no, like I agree here, <laughs> like in Canada, or the United States. <laughs> don't Yeah,
1: don't hold your breath in the United States. But I could, uh, I could see it happening in Canada, if it works yeah. in France.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, because mm-hmm. so that makes, um, so I think that's the second country this year, right? 20. Yeah, in 2018, because I think ice. Iceland? I think at January. Yeah, I, think, 1st, I think
1: I remember hearing something about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. January 1st, they made it illegal and they they actually put in an accountability piece as well. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know the specifics, um, but I know they put in an accountability piece as well. And it was interesting because when I was reading about the Iceland, I'm pretty sure it was Iceland. Um they were saying that a big reason why that got through that legislation was passed is because they have a female president and they have 50% of their legislature is women. So they're like, this, this passed, no problem. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. That, yeah, I'm like that. So that's something we need to be striving for as well. We're going to move to our listener feedback comments and questions section um, and if you have a question or a comment or something that you would like to send in and, and ask us or, or get us to answer on the podcast um, just send us an email to kickglasspodcast at gmail.com again it's glass. G-L-A-S-S podcast at gmail.com. And Melissa, this one is all for you. (laughs) So someone um, had asked about giving less than two weeks notice. So here's what she said. She said, I was offered a position I've been trying to get into for the last two years. I was notified last night and they need me to start on the 30th. That gives a one week versus two week notice. Excuse me. I work on site as a human resource coordinator, so I don't ever see my boss. Uh, should I phone call or email him to inform him that my last day will be next Friday? I don't want to burn bridges, obviously, but she really wants this new opportunity. Um. So, so what should she? What should she do, or what should other people do if they're kind of, you know, given this job offer but need to start, you know, without giving proper notice at their current for their current employer.
1: Well, quitting a job is never easy. And I mean, even if you are giving two weeks notice, it's still hard to go to your direct supervisor, to your boss, say, you know what, like, I'm leaving the company and so on and so forth. But the first thing to do in this situation is to review your employment contract and your employment documents, because you need to make sure that there isn't a termination clause put into your contract to say, like, oh, you must give two weeks notice or you must give three weeks notice, because you don't want to end up in a legal battle. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so after you review your employment documents, and again, you would probably know this too, because I'm sure you will remember signing your employment contract, um, mm-hmm. but after you review th- your documents um, and there's no termination clause or anything put in your employment contract, um, the first thing to do would be to approach your boss in person or, or via phone. Like I know the listener here, she, uh, she said that she never sees her boss because she works on site as a human resource coordinator, but um, it's really important to make that personal connection and to make that phone call and say, hey, listen, I have a job um it's in my field and what my degree is in i think this is a great opportunity for me um i really did enjoy my time at the company but here's the thing it, it's one week notice as opposed to two do you like do you have an issue with this like and so on and so forth um again it's, it's just it's important to make that personal connection chances are um your boss or your supervisor would likely um see your case and feel your case there and again it's important to go and um like offer any support that you can give during that time. And again, just negotiate with your boss to see if, you know, the one week notice will be suitable. Um, If they agree, great. That's fantastic. Uh, Make sure you follow up with an email with your proper resignation letter resignation letter um, for HR documentation and just go from there. And um, if, you do need to give two week notice or if there is something in your employment contract dating that you do need to give a notice period. Um, that's when you would go back to the recruiter and try and negotiate a new start date for your job.
0: Right. That's good. Yeah. Cause I, I noticed, um, I think maybe a lot of people don't think about that, that they could actually negotiate their start date. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I know it is. It is stressful. I think, especially like I know. I know she doesn't say, but if she has been with this company for a long time, like I think that makes mm-hmm. it harder to say that. You know what? I'm I'm leaving, and um, I'm gone like next week. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and again, it's just important not to burn any bridges there. Um, if you were a good employee, and I mean, if you got along well with your boss, chances are they will probably not much take pity on you, but um, they will hear your case and they will understand that you are doing this for the betterment of the company. But again, like you have to be prepared for them to say like, oh no, like you do need to work your two week notice. And that is when you go back and you would negotiate with the recruiter. Right.
0: And the, and the yeah. rec- you would think the recruiter would understand that as well, because, you know, I think if they see how Considerate you are or how professional you are in leaving your current organization that can only speak highly of of you. Um, You know, that can only show like your new employer like, listen, I'm not going to just like do the ditch you one day either. Yeah, exactly. Um, typically, a
1: recruiter, a, a good recruiter, will uh, give two weeks notice uh, within their time frame period when they're looking for a start date. I know that's something that I always used to do. But again, like I mean, it's going to depend on the hiring manager. Sometimes they require somebody at the drop of a hat. So um, it's just important to like keep the dialogue open and go for open discussion. And again, just just negotiate whether it be with your employer or whether it be with the recruiter that you're currently working with.
0: Great, thank you. Um. All right. I think that I think that's it. Is there anything else we should talk about? Or are we good for today, Melissa? I think we're good for today. We had. A, I think we had a good podcast today, Tammy. I think so too. We covered a. We covered a lot of ground. Um. Okay, so I just gonna I'm gonna throw out our email address one more time. Um, so it's kickglass podcast at gmail.com, K-I-C-K-G-L-A-S-S podcast at gmail.com. So we would love to hear from you. We love your feedback. So any if you have a question, a topic, um, or a comment or anything at all, um, please send us an email. We would love to hear from you. Um, And Melissa, share your your Twitter handle again so we can follow you um, and see how things go on Saturday.
1: Uh, So it's at Melissa Blackmore. So Melissa without an A and then Blackmore. Um, yeah, Melissa Blackmore was taken, apparently. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, so follow along with me this week, and I'll be, I'll be tweeting most of the convention, and you'll get to see if I win my YPC position. And all the drama that comes with a leadership convention, because it never comes without drama. <laughs>
0: this is true. This is true. It's exciting. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, I am going to be glued to Twitter all day Saturday, looks like. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So good luck. Good luck on Saturday. I'm sure you're going to kick glass um and uh yeah and i will talk to you again in a couple weeks great thanks sammy